You're listening to episode 162 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here and today we're going to be talking about being a little bit more polarizing in your business and in your marketing. So this is one of the special business episodes that I do every week and this is... This is something that I've struggled with a lot before, and I think that most entrepreneurs struggle with this, especially initially, because generally people who who become entrepreneurs are usually very multi-passionate and multi-dimensional and have a lot of interests and a lot of different uh, skills that they want to use to build a business around and to help people with and to help solve a problem. And it can then seem really difficult to narrow that down. It feels very restrictive, but a lot of times that's the necessary key to building up success in your business is to be known for one thing. And the reason why I am kind of saying that you want to kind of be like, it's either a hell yes or a fuck no, (laughs) is you want people to react that way to your marketing to some degree. That might sound a little bit extreme, but it is actually true because When you reach that certain point, people will know right away if you're the right fit for them and they're going to be tripping over themselves to pay you. And then there will be people who know that you are definitely not the right fit and that's okay. We're going to get into all of that today and why that's okay and some of the fears that can come up with that. But picking a niche is really important. Um, By the way, some of you probably say niche. I'm Canadian, so I say niche. (laughs) I will argue with you if you want to that I feel that I'm saying it the right way, but it's fine. (laughs) Um, But I really want you to start thinking about the person that you want to be speaking to. So when you are trying to sell something, when you are creating an offer or anything like that, who is it that you have in mind that you think would be the ideal person to purchase that from you or to work with you in some way or to be coached by you? When you can nail some of this down, things like writing copy and social media posts, they start to become so much easier because you have a clear vision in your head already of exactly what you want to say to the person who needs to hear it most. And when you're trying to speak to everyone at once, it's not going to work because you end up speaking to no one since people don't even really know exactly what you stand for. You want people to think of you and simultaneously think of specific things that you do that can be summed up in one single simple sentence. Not some long, drawn out, complicated thing. I want people to think of me and think, oh, Emily is a a podcasting coach, podcasting and business coach. Great. That's fine. That's like the most base level thing that I need people to, to think of when they think of me. If you watch my Instagram stories, you'll know other things about me too. You know, like 
I, I don't know, I, I like uh, patting every dog I can find, which is totally accurate. <laughs> or uh, I really enjoy food and I eat chocolate on a regular basis. Like all of those things can be things that you know about me. But when it comes down to wanting to figure out what people know about what you actually sell, what, what it is that you do for a living, you really want that to be summed up as, as easily as possible. Don't make it hard for people, right? And when you're thinking about who you want to be speaking to, it might be a former version of yourself. I feel like that's very common. Uh, I often am speaking to a former version of myself who didn't really know what I was doing when it came to podcasting. I had a lot of fear and a lot of doubts in myself. Um, and I just kind of pushed through all of that to create a podcast. And so when I'm talking to people about some of the, the mindset blocks that can come up when it comes to things like starting a podcast, I get it because it, it seemed really scary to me. Things like uh, all the technical sides of podcasting and, um, you know, just kind of like talking to a screen and is anyone even going to give a shit? I still have those thoughts sometimes. <laughs> but the only difference is, is that I have learned how to kind of work through them. And that's what I like teaching other people. So I'm very clear with that when I speak to people either in real life or on videos, on this podcast, in my social media posts. And it, it became a lot easier for me to speak that way and much simpler to come up with ideas for podcasts and, and uh, posts and all of that stuff when I got super clear on who I was trying to talk to. And maybe it's not going to be a former version of yourself that you're talking to. Maybe you just have a particular person in mind with a specific problem that you can help them fix. Talk to that person. I've mentioned this, I, I think I've referenced this before on this podcast. Tim Ferriss uh, wrote the book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And that was really what kind of catapulted him into the spotlight and made him a, a really well-known individual, especially as an author. And he has talked about multiple times the fact that that book has become just a, a ridiculous over-the-top bestseller, like millions and millions of copies sold. But he said, if I had tried to write that book for the masses, he said, I don't think it would have done very well. He said, I wrote it to two very specific friends of mine that I had in mind, and I literally wrote that book for them. And because he was so hyper clear on exactly who he was speaking to, then it ended up having more mass appeal because people could actually hear themselves in it. They could see themselves in it. And that seems counterintuitive, right? We think that when we're talking to one specific person about one specific thing, that then no one else will hear what we have to say because it won't apply to them. But that's actually not true because so many of us see so many, see so much of ourselves in other people's stories and like little threads of ourselves that, that maybe to us wouldn't even seem relatable and or as though it was related in some way, but to the person listening, it is. And we've all had that experience where someone can have a wildly different experience than we do, but we can still make comparisons when we hear that story about something that's happened in our own life. And listen, all of this can seem really overwhelming and downright impossible when you're just starting out because you're multi-passionate. I get it. But you want to be known for one thing before you start adding on other things too. It doesn't mean that you have to do that one thing for the rest of your life and never do anything else, but you need to get good at one thing first 
And then you can start slowly building additional interests on top of that foundation. That's what you're building is a foundation. And sometimes you have to just start. You have to see what resonates and what aligns with you when you, what you want your, your messaging to be. And the only way to figure this out when you're unsure is to simply start, just start somewhere, anywhere, and you will begin to find your voice, to, to create your voice, to hone your voice. No one ever started marketing and was amazing at it the very first time. This is something that comes with nothing but practice and, and years of practice, I might add. I don't know a single entrepreneur who isn't still honing their voice even years in. This is something that takes time. And if you're putting things out into the world that people don't agree with, good. Because being vanilla is absolutely the death of marketing. Vanilla is just meh. Like kind of eh, yeah, Emily's okay, but meh, I could go either way. <laughs> you know, you want people to have that hell yes or fuck no reaction. Polarizing has people sit up and take notice. And it makes people say hell yes or fuck no. And why do we want more no's? Because that is going to make you more available for the yeses. It's going to open you up and preserve your energy for the people you want to come into your life and business and the people that are open and willing to learn from you the most, your ideal clients. And honestly, it's also going to thicken your skin very quickly, which is very necessary in the online space. Very necessary because we all know that the trolls can come out to play. And this is one of the big fears of being too polarizing is those judgments and that criticism. But if the ideal, if your ideal client needs to hear what you have to say, then aren't you doing them and yourself a huge disservice by not saying it just because you're afraid of a little criticism? This is, this is one of the issues. Being polarizing captures the attention of the people who need to hear what you have to say. And if you're trying to be for everyone, you're for no one because it's a very noisy online space and no one will ever notice you or hear what you have to say if you're just saying the same shit that everybody else is saying. Take a stand, draw your boundaries, have an opinion. And after a while, you'll start to notice how damn good it feels to stand in your truth too. Because honestly, having an opinion is sexy. Having an opinion is sexy. Something that will generate uh, discussion or, or even some debate. Think about it. If, if, you, if you have ever had the experience of trying to pick where to, where to go for dinner, let's say, with a friend or a partner or a loved one, and nobody can decide. It's like, I don't know, where do you want to go? I don't know, where do you want to go? That just gets so annoying after a time. And to me, that's, that kind of feels similar to me as just sort of the vanilla, like, meh, just sort of easygoing, whatever. And listen, easygoing is awesome. Mellow is awesome. But sometimes just have a fucking opinion and take a stand for something. And people will sit up and take notice. And the right people who, who need to hear what you have to say you will start to find a way to reach them through that. That said, it's also important to remember, don't be controversial simply for the sake of being controversial either. This has to relate back to your actual values and things that you truly believe in. And you can't polarize everything. You wouldn't want to. Like you, you aren't going to be able to polarize every single post that you do. You can if you want. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it because that also feels like it takes a lot of energy from my standpoint. <laughs> but if you actually, you know, feel that strongly about every single thing that you post on social media, by all means, be polarizing in every post. Do whatever you want. 
but it just don't be controversial for the sake of being controversial is what I'm saying. But you will attract when you are a little bit more polarizing, you'll attract the right people and repel the wrong ones, which is exactly what we all want. We all have this sense of scarcity around turning people away because it feels like we're leaving money on the table. And this is really hard because it not only requires trust that the right people will come along, but patience in a moment in time where you might be freaking out about, but you aren't doing yourself or the other person any favors. If you take on clients that you know, aren't a good fit. Plus, if you're not a good fit, they're much less likely to get good results from working with you, which can end up feeling like it reflects poorly on both of you. And that's not good either. It's kind of like that saying, like you can lead a horse to water, right? But you can't make them drink. You can't take responsibility for whether or not people do the work. You can only provide as much value as possible and show them the way. But when you're more definitive in your marketing, you're turning off the people who won't be a good fit for you. And being clear about where you stand on certain issues creates clarity for people. It lets them know if you're going to be a good fit for them or not. And polarizing isn't a negative thing. It's not, it's not the equivalent of having a negative opinion. It's simply an opinion as opposed to sort of floating around being cool with everything, you know, <laughs> back to that, like mellow, easygoing. And again, mellow and easygoing are awesome. But you, when we're a little bit more polarizing, it doesn't mean that it's negative. It can actually be a really positive thing. But when you are polarizing and when you offer your opinion, be able to back it up, support it with how having that opinion has helped you or your clients. Give an example, offer stats, personal experience, uh, examples on what happened to you when you used to do the opposite of that. I, I get that you're afraid to lose people, but think about this. The combined population of the United States and Canada is over 364 million people. And if you were the right fit for only 1% of that number, that's 3.6 million people that would all be your new customers. So when you are having a huge amount of fear around turning people away and getting those no's, think about all of the yeses that are still out there waiting for you. You just have to find a way to reach them. And one of the ways to reach them is to have an opinion and to be a little bit more polarizing so that they can find you in the noisy online space. When I was doing uh, nutrition, I was sort of all over the place and I was having difficulty forming many opinions because I always felt like I was offending someone People weren't uh, going to want to work with me if I offered an opinion they didn't agree with, or I was going to get attacked on the internet and not know how to handle it. When, when I was first starting out, I was having all of these issues. And, you know, I did end up getting a troll or two when I started being more opinionated and polarizing. And I, I think it was when I started talking about, uh, like, eating treats without the guilt rather than trying to stick to a diet of any kind because it wasn't going to work. And there were a couple, one in particular, there was a, a plant-based individual in my industry who was super strict on the way they ate and thought everyone should only eat vegetables and zero sugar. They came after me several times on various posts I put up. And you know what? I survived. I survived. I'm still here to talk about it. <laughs> I remember someone in my business coaching group at the time congratulating me about this particular person uh, kind of attacking me on the internet because if I had someone hating on my work, it meant that people were paying attention and felt strongly enough to take the time and effort to respond. So think about that. If you're, if you're terrified of the criticism and the judgment, take it as a compliment. Because if you have enough of an opinion to piss someone off, 
when it comes to, you know, whatever it is that, that your industry is, that can actually be a really good thing. Something else that I'm, that I'm super clear about when it comes to uh, podcasting, for example, is handpicking your podcast guests. I've talked about this multiple times and I will argue, I will argue that opinion up and down about handpicking your guests. It doesn't mean that, that you can't bring in uh, new people and get to know people, but I think that in order to offer the best possible value to people, I handpick all of my podcasting guests. A lot of people don't agree with that opinion. Some do, but some don't. Lots of people will just open up applications and they think that that's a better way to do it. And that's fine, but that's not what I stand for. Something else, this is a really big one, much to my mother's dismay. Uh, I, I use curse words regularly in how I show up on this podcast, in the online space, and in my business in general, because that's what I do in real life. I talk and I speak exactly the way I do in real life when I'm coming at you on this podcast or on the internet. And I've made a permanent commitment to myself to always show up as honestly and in the most genuine way that I can. And if I never swore on social media and then people met me in real life and realized that I can actually swear like a sailor, it would be super weird and likely really off-putting for them. Plus, if you never use curse words and are offended by them, we're probably not going to get along anyway. <laughs> There's a reason this podcast is listed as explicit content because I want full freedom to be able to say whatever the fuck I want if I feel it needs to be said. So learning how to be a little bit more polarizing. I want to kind of tie this up for you a little bit. Play around with this. Don't take it super seriously. Like don't, don't, you know, make it this big, scary goal that you have to hit somehow. Just have a little bit of fun with it. Play around with it a little bit. Make a list of all the things you're most passionate about relating to what you want to discuss and what people are, are coming to you for. So make a list of all those things. Kind of take a look at the industry and look for content that you specifically don't agree with if you need to jumpstart some ideas too. What mistakes do you see being made by, by other people or you know things happening in your industry? What kinds of questions do people ask you about? What can you draw from those questions? Make a list of, of those types of questions that you get on a regular basis and keep a, sort of a running list and you'll start to see some patterns form there too. What are some of your, your pet peeves in your industry that you want to see done differently? Mistakes being made that you want to see done a different way or that you feel are, are mistakes that you, that you feel you would do them um, in, in a very different way than what somebody else is doing. So looking for those hell yeses and those fuck noes, that is going to be so beneficial to you in the longer term. That is going to help you to find your ideal people and that is going to help you to be more successful. That's going to help the people coming to you to be more successful because you'll be a better fit for each other. So don't be afraid to get some no's and don't be afraid to give some no's as well. If you feel that someone isn't going to be the right person for you, getting super clear on who you are speaking to is going to help you to see all of the other pieces begin to fall into place. And if you're struggling with things like content, uh, you know, creating content, um, coming up with different offers, things like that, think about what your ideal person needs. And don't be afraid for that ideal person to not be the same as somebody else's ideal person. That's okay. That is totally fine. You want 
to have your own specific version of what that person looks like, what they need from you and start creating from that place. And not everyone is going to fit that mold. And that's fine because your people are out there waiting for you, but they can't find you if you don't have an opinion. So get opinionated a little bit, (laughs) get super clear on what you stand for and what you are looking for in the people coming to you and things are going to start to fall into place. So go get those hell yeses and those fuck noes and we'll be back soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. I'm so incredibly grateful that you took the time because it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so that I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with brand new episodes, and I am looking forward to growing with you. Bye.